0: We continue the study of the Tariag Mitzvot, to Mitzvah number 421, and that is the famous Mitzvah that we're fulfilling at this moment, Mitzvah Tefillin Shel Yad. Uh, the Mitzvah of wearing Tefillin on our arms is a positive commandment in Parashat The Pasuk is well known, Ukshirtam Neot. Al Yadecha it's in perek Vav, Pasuk Now, although the Torah does not use the word Tefillin, but the tradition that we have is that we have to tie around our hands uh, the four parashiyot, which is called Tefillin, using uh, the straps that are called tzu'ot. The four parashiyot that must be written uh, in the Tefillin are, of course, the parashav Kadesh, called Bechor, until the end of. The Pesuchim Shamarta, Tahokazot, uh, Lemoadam, Yamim, Yamima, as well as Parashat Behaya Kibiacha, until the end of the Parashat Kibi Hosekat, Utsianu Misraim, the Parashat Shema Yisrael, including Ve'ahafta, until the end of Bisharecha, and the Parashat of Behayaim Shamoa, until after Lema'an Yirbu, Kimea Shamaim, Ala'aretz, and Tifidin Yad, These four Parashiot are written on one cloth. And it is rolled like a Sifr Torah from the end to the beginning. And it is placed in a leather box in one uh, compartment. And there is a ma'abarta, which we'll learn about, which is a passageway to put the Ritzuot through in order to fasten it on one's left hand, generally speaking, which would be keneged his heart, that the Tifidin should rest in such a place. Now, what's the reason for this mitzvah of tefillin? And the Rav Ovi again reminds us that the neshama lives in a very hostile environment. Uh, it's used to living in heaven. In heaven, it's a spiritually uh, protected place. But then it comes down to earth, where the Rav writes, he has a lot of bad neighbors and about a, a lot of bad influences. It's almost as if that the neshama finds itself in a very dangerous neighborhood. And therefore it needs shomrim. It needs guards in order to protect it. From getting drawn into the gravitational pull of the desires and the pleasures of this world. And therefore, Borei Olam gave us many different protections and guards to protect the neshama. And they are the Sisiyot that, the, that we wear on the four corners of our garments, the mezuzah that we place on our doorposts and the tifidin on our arms and on our heads, the rab writes, yadenu, in order to stop us from making the Averot, and that we should not go after our eyes and after our Yetzir. And the rab writes, and it's amazing truth that he says, even with all these guards and all these items, it's still not so simple that the Neshama will be protected. Kol ele, with all this, amim ufaratz kedrenu, and still, the Yetzirah is able to break all these fences and all these protections. So, kule Hai ulai that means a person that doesn't have these Shomrim, he doesn't stand a shot against the Yetzirah. And those that have it, of course, they fare better, but it's not even guaranteed. And now we discuss some of the many mitzvot that the Rav Hinuch writes regarding the mitzvah of Tifilin. There are basically laws that say that there are ten halakha le Moshe Messinais regarding the mitzvah of tefillin. Again, n- most of these, if not all, are really not written in the Torah. The Torah just writes a few pesukim, but a lot of these traditions that we have come from Moshe Messinai. Number one, the base of the uh, tefillin, which is called the, uh, the box, I should say, the box of the tefillin, which is here, which is called the kitzitzah, has to be squared. The titura, titura is the base, which is the bottom of the tefillin, also has to be squared. The stitching, around the base of the Tifidin also has to be squared, and has to be a perfect square. A perfect square would mean that its, uh, its diagonal, its hypotenuse would be 1.4 against the length and the width. So again, it's a perfect square. And number two, uh, the Tifidin Shal has to have the symbol of two letters, Shinim, on both sides, the right and the left. Uh, furthermore, they have to be wrapped in uh, in, in a matlit. The rab says, after you take the parashah, you don't just stick it in the box. You have to wrap it into cloth or wrap it into a, 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 a sheet of something and then you stick it in. Before you stick it in, you have to take the uh, thread from an animal that's kosher, uh, uh, from the uh, uh, hair of an animal that's pure, and you wrap the uh, uh, outside of the parchment that's in this matlit and then you stick it in. Furthermore, the uh, tefillin themselves must be stitched with the sinew of kosher animals. Furthermore, uh, in the Tifidin Shalyad, on the side of it is what's called the Ma'abarta. The Ma'avarta is where you stick the straps through it in order that you'll be able to uh, place it around your arm. The straps have to be black. Furthermore, in the Tifidin Shalyad, they have the image of the letter Dalid on the back of it. Only Jews are able to make the tefillin. The length of the straps have to be enough to go through the ma'abarta to make the letter Yud which we have on the side of the tefillin to go around the arm and to reach the uh, middle finger in order to make three straps around the middle finger as we do. Furthermore, uh, on the tefillin, uh, uh, tefillin there's a beracha. Now there's a machloket what the beracha is but the Rav Chinuch Follows the opinion that we make one berachah l'haniach on both the yad and the rosh, but if one's putting on the rosh separately, or he made a hipsik between the yad and the shilrosh, the berachah and the shilrosh would be al mitzvat tefillin. The place where we put the tefillin yad is on the muscle, uh, the the area of the of the of the Point. arm, the bicep. Very good. That is tafua, which is elevated between the shoulder and the and the elbow. In between over there and the tefillin should be placed in a way where a person's hand down it rests right by his heart as the pasuk says the time that a person puts on the tefillin is from the morning from the time where we said yesterday we can recognize his friend from four amot away until sunset shabbat and yom tov and hola moed is not the time of tefillin tefillin is called an ot and these are already or taught and therefore there's no need to put the Tifidin. Tifidin needs Guf Naki. That is a very big hashkafa here that Rav Chinook tells us. What does Guf Naki mean? So he says it means a hygienically clean body. That means they don't want the Tifidin to be worn by somebody that has stomach problems and therefore it will be passing gas during the time of the Tifidin. That would not be respectful. But he says do not make the misinterpretation that when we say that Tifidin needs Guf Naki means Naki Me'averot. And therefore, you'll come along and say, well, listen, I have Averot, I'm not such a good guy, I make sins, and then I don't do the right things. Therefore, I'm not worthy to wear the Tifidin. He says, Even if the guy is Tameh and he betefillin. And the rabbi is very optimistic when he says, Maybe the Tifidin will have the ability to turn him around. And therefore, yeshuv medarko hara'ah. And then the rabbi says a group that I guess was uh, lived around his time that used to preach that only people that are hasidim and sadikim and are very, very meticulous in the observance of the mitzvot, they should wear tefillin, But everybody else should not wear the tifilin. And they base it, he says, on the Yerushalmi in Berachot in Perikbed. Yerushalmi says that a guy came along. And gave his friend a, a a silver kiddush cup to watch, and then when he came back to him and he said, "Where's the cup?" and he said, "I don't know what you're talking about. I never got any cup." So uh, the Rushalmi says that the guy says the truth of the matter is I didn't trust you. I trusted the tefillin that you were wearing. The tefillin were indicated to me that you're a religious guy, and now I see that you're, a, you're you're a thief. So you see, they used to say if you're wearing tefillin. That means you're holding by certain levels. People are going to trust you if you have to live according to a certain standard. And if you're not living according to that standard, so then your tefidin are only going to bring to Chilul Hashem because people are going to say, oh, look at this guy wearing tefidin over here and the, guy's, uh, the guy really doesn't uh, you know, follow religious vows. That was the opinion that was out there that was con- trying to convince people that, listen, you bet, you can't be two-faced if you're going to wear the now, I must just put in the caveat, although the Tifidin doesn't say this, it's, it's probable that he was talking about in the olden days where they would wear the Tifidin all day long, where that would already, you know, be uh, uh, an indication where see the guy in the marketplace and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, the Chinuch comes along and he says, beti. He's telling his son, this is not my opinion. I doesn't want his son not to wear Tifidin. He, he says, I'm well aware. He says, "You don't think I know people make sins? Listen, it's human to sin. People make sins. What are you going to do?" But just because we make averot, that does not come along and uh, exempt us from the mitzvot. And he says, on the contrary, who knows? Again. But by performing the mitzvot, we have a general rule that says mitzvah, goredit mitzvah. That one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah. And mitzvot happen in bunches, and therefore it leads to something better. And schar mitzvah, mitzvah. And the reward of one mitzvah is another mitzvah. And therefore, to tell a guy that you're not holding, and therefore you shouldn't do it, on the contrary, maybe he should start doing it, and then he'll be holding. There's a famous pasuk that says, sur merah and some explain that before you do good, you must desist from evil. The pasuk is following a, a sequential order. Sur merah. And once you are finished with sur merah, asetov. But others, the way the Hanukkah is learning it is, the goal is sur merah. That's the objective. But how do you reach the objective of sur merah? Asetov. Just do good. Just keep on doing good and a little of the light will push away a lot of the darkness and therefore, on the contrary, the hanukkah this, this is 800 years ago, one of the, the Shonim, is coming along to say a truism that still applies, or definitely applies till to today, when it comes to people that find themselves far from religion, they say, well, who am I going to do, what am I going to do, mitzvot to serve God? I'm so, such in a low place, and the says, what do you mean? We know about you, and Sadiq Baharis start doing the mitzvot, and all of a sudden you start to see a metamorphosis and a transformation. Furthermore, the Rab reminds us of the famous Mahloket Rishonim in the order that the Tefillin are placed in the box and the way they're written. This Mahloket on one side is, of course, Shitat Rashi, Harambam agrees with it, and Rab HaI Gaon that say that we write the Tefillin and we place them in the box in the order that they are written in the Torah. And that, of course, is Kadeshli called Bechor and then Behayaki Biachah Shema and and then Vehaya Im which is called Tefilin of Rashi, meaning it's not his Tefillin, it's his Shita. And then we have, of course, the opinion that the Khinuk rejects, which is the opinion of Rabin Tam and other Yishonim that say beEmsa, which means and then Shema The vihayas are in the middle, which is becoming to known as Tefillin of the of course the Chinook rules like Shitat Rashi but it is well known that once the Arizal came and told us that Elu ve'elu Devre Elohim hayim, that actually both she taught have place in the, uh, in the Kabbalah and the Kabbalah says there's a place on the head for two Tefillin because that's the way they always wore two Tefillin and the Benish Chai says Moshe Rabbeinu wore two Tefillin and they all wore two Tefillin it's not a safik, it's a it's, they're both they're both emet you're just looking at it from a different, different perspective, and that uh, follows those, uh, those opinions. Furthermore, this mitzvah applies in all places, not only in Eretz Yisrael, in all places, at all times, it applies only to males, and not to females, for the obvious reason, it's a mitzvah, it's bound by time, you can only wear tefillin during the day, and there's certain days that we don't wear tefillin. ladies are exempt, although the gemara in erubin sadivav does tell us there were some famous, notable ladies that wore tefillin, like Michal, the daughter of Shaul, and uh, uh, there's a machloket, if the rabbis were uh, uh, happy with her behavior or not. The ma'aseh, ladies, don't wear tefillin today, as we know. Different reasons were said. Maybe it's harder for a lady to keep... Guf Naki, especially with Damnidan, things like that, that you're learning. And therefore, it is not the custom for ladies to wear the Tifidin. If somebody transgresses this mitzvah and does not wear the Tifidin, or the Rosh, which means they are separate mitzvot. If a person can only wear Yad, he wears Yad. Uh, but if a person can only wear Rosh, he wears rosh. They're not me'akeb each other. They're two separate mitzvot. But the raps is a big hadush. What happens if a person does not wear Tifidin, yad and Rosh? He has... Uh, transgressed eight different positive commandments. That means if a person goes a day without wearing Tifidin, he's minus eight because there's a mitzvot I'll say, on the four parashiyot of Shediyad and four mitzvot on the parashiyot of Rosh. And therefore, on the, on the, on, on, on the other side, which will end be that if a person who puts Tifidin on every day, Tifidin Shadi Rosh, he's plus eight. He fulfills eight separate positive commandments. To wear the eight parashiyot of the tefillin.